on this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few powers. And even though I've talked about the document and what the document can do and it can help the principal, there are some concerns about the agent. The agent's like, wait a second, I don't know. What do I need to do? What are some things I need to know? And so that's what we're going to jump on today is mm-hmm. to, to make sure that the agents out there know exactly what they are getting into when they become an agent under a power of attorney. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30 plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast. And my name is Todd Watley. And as always, we are extremely thankful that you do take time out of your day to listen. And we are hearing that people are referring people to our podcast. And as Sarah always likes to tell people, she'll she'll say, do you listen to podcasts? And they're like, no. And she's like, this will be your first one. We This will be your first podcast to listen to. And so, yeah, I do encourage you. It's a great way to get information. And, and obviously, since you're listening, you know that. But share this with others. And it seems pretty easy to get to. So thank you so much for referring us. And share this with your friends and neighbors. And as always, I am here with my co-host, Sarah Scott. Hey, 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 Todd Watley. And welcome, everybody, to the Answers on Aging podcast. Yeah, we are so excited to bring y'all a new, fresh episode this week, like so many other weeks, because mm-hmm. we got a lot to talk about. And usually, you get to hear about a soapbox or two that Todd has. Sometimes I have one. Mm-hmm. And you'll also notice that in almost every podcast episode we've recorded, at some point or another, Todd seems to weasel his way into the conversation <laughs> how a power of attorney could change the outcome of whatever the situation is for the better. And if you don't have one, it's going to be bad. And so um, you're learning all about that. But one thing that we haven't really like done a deep dive with is the actual power of attorney agent and what all that means. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few powers. And even though I've talked about the document and what the document can do, and it can help the principal, there are some concerns about the agent. The agent's like, wait a second, I don't know, what do I need to do? What are some things I need to know? And so that's what we're going to jump on today is mm-hmm. to, to make sure that the agents out there know exactly what they are getting into when they become an agent under a power of attorney. That's right. But before we dive into all that, let's make it really clear to everybody listening, what roles and what are those titles within the power of attorney? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You could be confused as we go through this um, using different terms. So I want to make sure that the terms are clear. Number one, the principal is the person 
that is signing the document that is saying, I am giving this person this power. Okay. okay? So this person is the agent. The agent is the one that is named in the document is saying, you're, you now have power to do things for me. So for today's discussion, let's play like Sarah is the principal and she is creating a power of attorney document that is appointing me as her agent. Here's okay. something kind of funny. When I was running the nursing home, people used to say it's like coming to the principal's office. So this is very <laughs> fitting. I'll play along with being the principal. Okay, she is the principal. I am the agent. And then when the agent is dealing with another party for the benefit of the principal, that is a third party. Okay, so like the bank. If Sarah said, hey, Todd, would you please go open up a bank account for a new business that I'm doing? I'll, I'll be like, okay. And so I can go down there and as her agent, I can go to the bank and I can create, open an account, do things that need to be done. Or um, I need to go sign something for her. As her agent, I can go to that third party and, and present documents and say, I am her agent and I am here to do things for her. Perfect. So it's been a really um, interesting week in in the office, meeting with clients, and also in the care navigation world for me. And I've had a recurring theme of questions about if I am mom's power of attorney, does that mean I have to use all my money to pay for her <laughs> stuff? Like, yeah. what kind of financial responsibility or liabilities? Mm-hmm. Do I incur when I take on that role? Sure. You only incur the re- responsibility to use the principal's money for the principal's benefit. The If the principal owes money to Discover Credit Card or a mortgage or whatever, you being the agent doesn't mean they can come after the agent to get money. Okay? You are only responsible for the funds or the assets of the principal. So that's one big thing is like, no, 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 no. Mom and dad owe a whole lot of money. They've done some really crazy things with their credit cards. I don't want the credit card companies coming after me. Well, good news, they can't. Okay. You are only working for that person, which kind of brings up probably a very important issue that I like to bring up is for the principal who may have some fear, Sarah's like, I don't know if I want to give you that much power. I don't know if I want you to be able to, to go sign things for me or do things or, or take money out of my bank account. Please understand the agent has what is known as a fiduciary duty. That is the highest level of duty that a person owes to someone else. And people sometimes laugh at this, but it is very serious. An attorney has a fiduciary duty to their client. They are only to do for the client what is in the client's best interest, not their own best interest. And so the agent is supposed to do what is in the principal's best interest. So that kind of, I'm going to jump down to one that was very low on my list, but it's not meaning that it's not important. So Mm -hmm. if I've got to do what is in the best interest of the agent, do I have to do what the agent says? Okay. The agent says or what the principal says? Principal says, says, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. So does the agent have to do what the principal tells them to do? Well. Typically, yes. Go ahead. It's complicated, though, (laughs) because if you're my agent Uh and I am 
in the hospital, just had surgery, looped out on pain meds. Mm-hmm. And I say, Todd, I just saw where the jackpot is right now. It's standing at like whatever mil- many billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I want you to take every dime I have and buy every ticket you can find. <laughs> that is not in your best interest. Yeah. So, yes, you've told me to do that. And if she could have done that and the agent could do that. Okay. I mean, you, you have the power to do it, but again, you need to look out for that person's best interest. And so I think a very common situation that we see is the principal becomes infatuated or is, um, you know, become stricken by a caregiver. So if, yep. if you were in the hospital and this young male nurse came in and y'all just hit it off. and Great bed bath. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm Sarah's like from Todd to this no. Sweet little CNA. Sarah says, Todd, I want you to <laughs> to give this CNA ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Okay, because he's really good to me, and I want to give him ten thousand yeah. dollars. I'll be like, mm, no, you're that is not now. If if she's totally sane, totally you know, and totally in her right mind, then I probably should do that, even though I don't agree with it. I should do it, but. If she has some form of dementia, which makes her a little more susceptible to undue influence and being scammed, as we say, I should step in and maybe not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not being self-serving, but I am saying in a situation like that, that is probably a situation that you should go back to the original attorney who drew up this document Mm -hmm. to get some kind of legal advice to say, how do I handle this? Because please understand, you as the agent can be sued by the principal and by people who depend on the principal, say they're heirs. If you do something wrong, you could be sued by the agent or by the principal or someone else for doing what you thought was the right thing. And so you, you might need some legal protection on that. You definitely would. And I'm, I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole, but just recently we had um, a, a public speaking event mm-hmm. and one of the attendees shared an experience that her parents, caregivers had, you know, just, I mean, took them to the cleaners and, and it, and she's asking, you know, what what are the consequences? What am I supposed to do? And I'm so I said, well, the first thing I would have done is file a police report, mm-hmm. even if you can't prove something at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you really do believe that something is being done in anything less than the principal's best interest by someone else, it's still I think your responsibility as their agent. Mm-hmm. To, to help look after them and to take care of them. Yes. And the only way you're going to have a dog in the fight, especially if it's early on, is by making things official, like filing a police report. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. The agent does have a responsibility to step in and take care of the principal. Okay. Now that, that may scare some people. It's like, wait a second. I, I don't know exactly what's going on. Am I responsible? And I think the big answer is no. If something does happen to the principal and they lose a lot of money or, you know, you know, something happens to them that could have been foreseen, 
it's a very big step to come to the agent to say, you should have stopped this, mm-hmm. okay? But it is your responsibility that if you see something going on, you know, this person has trusted you to take care of their things and help them. I mean, you're obviously a trusted person in this person's life to be named as the agent and you should communicate. That is the other requirement is you do have to communicate with the principal, you know, see what's going on, let them know that you're there and then step in when something goes wrong because that's your job as the agent is to be able to take care of things that maybe they can't do. Particularly as an elder law attorney, the reason we do this is we typically see dementia incapacity is coming and we need something in place. I, I was just dealing with a friend this morning that we did POAs earlier this year. Yeah. And um, some situations have come up. And I was like, well, can she sign documents? They're like, no, she is past the point of signing documents now. And so therefore, we're, we're, we have what we have and we can't change it. But thankfully, we did it. And her daughter is able to step in and do whatever needs to be done now Good. without going to court. Okay, Yay. it's no court, no yeah. loss of rights. The daughter has just been able to step in and move mom from her house to assisted living and talk to the doctors and just handle everything without the need of an attorney. Yeah, wow. So, that, and that's what it's there for. That's what it's One there. thing that might surprise you as a listener, I don't, it won't surprise Todd, but many times when I'm sitting and consulting and setting up all these documents and we're naming agents, the client would say, now, do I need to tell my daughter that she's my power of attorney agent? And I'm like, yeah, it's a great idea. (laughs) Because when you need something, she's going to need to know she has the legal authority. And not only that, she needs to get a copy of these documents Mm -hmm. And, and be in agreement to do this stuff for you. It's not just because you're my spouse or you're my kid, you're automatically obligated to do this for me. Mm-hmm. I know many people, many of our clients, who don't want certain kids doing this for them. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you absolutely need to have a discussion with your, you know, hopeful agents mm-hmm. and make sure they're up for the task. They know just a general, they have a good general understanding of your affairs and and know what your wishes are so that when the day comes that they have to step in as your agent, you're not starting from scratch and they don't have to, you know, flip into crisis mode. Sure. And that kind of brings up a topic. It's not one thing that your agent should know, but it's just, again, one of the issues is when does your agent come into power? Mm -hmm. And I am a huge advocate of an immediately effective power of attorney so that your agent doesn't have to do anything. And typically, if you do a power of attorney, it's called a springing power of attorney that says, yes, I have named this person as my agent, like Sarah names me as her agent. But I have no power until she has proven to be incapacitated. Well, at 30 whatever years old she is, chances are she's got many good years and her becoming incapacitated is going to be a very quick event, a car wreck, mm-hmm. a stroke, you know, some something happens where she suddenly becomes incapacitated and it's obvious that she's incapacitated and I can step in and do that. So springing for a younger person is 
not a bad idea, but it's still very convenient. You know, like we just said, she's busy at work and she says, hey, Todd, I need you to go do something for me. She's completely, she has capacity with an immediately effective power of attorney. I can go do that. Yeah. But for the older person, when you do a springing power of attorney to prove that that person's incapacitated sometimes can be a very difficult process. Yeah. It's not yeah. just a stroke or car wreck. It's, it's a slow onset of dementia mm-hmm. that at some point the agent needs to step in and do something, but the principal doesn't want them to do it. And it's, it sets up a problem, and we may end up in court with a guardianship. And the whole purpose of this is to not do a guardianship. So I highly recommend that you do an immediately effective POA. And I will tell you, there's probably been less than a handful of times that people are like, I know my son's the best one to do it, but I really don't want him to do anything right now. You know, there's some issues there. And I'm like, well, you don't have to tell him, Okay. I will make a note in my file that says you are intentionally not telling him you are not giving him documents. But when he calls me to say, I know my mom came to see you and I know she did some documents, but she never would tell me what she did. Here's the situation. I need to do X. Can I do that? And I'm like, yes, you can. Here's Mm -hmm. your documents. Go do what needs to be done. She didn't particularly want you to do anything initially, but now it's needed. So do it. We don't need court. It, it just happens. So mm-hmm. like Sarah said, always tell your agent that yeah. if, if there is some very significant reason that you don't want them to know, then sure, you don't have to tell them, keep the documents back, but let your attorney know what you're doing so that they can release those documents as needed. Yeah, and to that I also want to say the situation you just described is definitely the exception and rarely the rule. Right, rarely. And I honestly think that if you as the principal or you as the agent go into this agreement with a full understanding of what the fiduciary duty is, then there should be no reason to have anything other than the immediately effective sure. power of attorney. Right. Family dynamics, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just there's always stuff. So I think the other thing that you, you need to understand is the agent is to keep their property separate and distinct from the principal's property. So you can't just go in and start commingling funds. You know, there is that fiduciary responsibility to maintain the principal's assets separately, maintain them, deal with them, and not commingle, put your name on the account, you know, not put the agent's name on the account or, you know, combine funds and things like that. Now, there is gifting language, and if, you know, that's a whole, whole nother podcast, but your power attorney should have gifting language, which would allow the agent to then take your assets out and give it to themselves or to someone else. But again, that's done under fiduciary duty and typically only done in two situations. Number one, you're being scammed and you will not listen to us and you will not stop writing large checks to God knows who. And number two, um, Medicaid. In order to qualify for Medicaid, either single or married, we transfer assets out of your name to someone else, and the agent needs to have the power to do that, but they only do it at that situation when it is needed. That's right. All right. I think... Um, oh, let's go back. I don't think I've said this. 
um, when you are the agent is responsible for stepping in and doing things and you know they are the go-to person but we're not going to force you to serve if right. you don't want to serve you can resign and so I don't think I've said that so That's what I was about oh okay good yeah. she just tapped me on the arm with wide eyes to say I think we forgot something so um yes you always name backups. You name who you think is the best person and then a backup and even a backup to the backup so that if the agent becomes incapacitated themselves, cannot function, they're out of town, or they just don't want to do this anymore, they can resign and it falls back to the next person. That's so right. there is no involuntary servitude. It's you do it voluntarily mm-hmm. and if you don't want to do it, you can resign. You can. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have either served as a POA agent or thinking about appointing someone as your POA agent and we've missed something or you've learned something along the way that could be helpful, we love questions, answers, comments. So please don't hesitate. Horror (laughs) stories. Yes. We're going to start a new podcast. I'm kidding. (laughs) POA horror stories. Oh goodness. Um, but we love to hear feedback. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know about anything that you've learned along the way about POA agents that we may have missed today. It's a really important role and it's, um, even more important that those agents understand what that job entails and and where your safety nets lie, you know, and, and that you're not on the hook for paying for mom's care through yep. your bank account. And it, there's just a lot to it. So thank you all so much, Todd. This has been a great episode. I look forward to hearing a lot of feedback from it. Yeah, thank you all. And please join us next week. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the Show Notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.